0: Gather round, one and all, and listen to tales of excitement and adventure. Tales of daring heroes, savage monsters, and bards who just couldn't keep it in their pants. Tales of friendship, nobility, drunken foolishness, and unforgettable fun. These are tales of role-playing games, fair listeners, and this is Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your God. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your source for the best in RPG interviews. I am your host and King of the Boneheads, Ryan Howard, and, uh, as you can see, I am in a new studio. Let's see, uh, just checking right now, am I echoing at all? Can you hear me twice? And yes, we do need to further decorate the wall behind me, um... That's something I noticed as soon as I went on tonight. Alright, cool. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That is awesome. I am glad that I am not echoing, because that would be irritating for you guys. And Loopy, thank you. Thank you so much for jumping on. Elfie, of course. Welcome. But yeah, this is the new studio. The new digs. The sweatbox, as I like to call it now. Uh, because this is the warmest room. Yeah. Yeah, we are actually pretty loud because this is a very small room. There's lots of echo. I can probably actually turn this down a little bit. And, uh, yeah. But, yeah, this this is not a large space. Uh, but, yeah, the, the area behind me is pretty bare right now. Uh, you can see the, like... Storage units that I am using for paint supplies. There's going to be a paint table uh, That's actually coming in on Wednesday. That'll be visible on the Saturday stream. Uh, You guys will be able to see that and I should probably actually move down. There is a thing on the wall. You can see the very bottom of it back there Uh, Those are some of my miniatures All right, well, Ronan just knocked over a tank, so... (laughs) Buddy Boy's on the struggle bus. I should probably put that down for him. It's up high right now. That was that loud crashing sound. He didn't jump out of the tank. He was trying to get up to it, and he knocked the turret off. I need to reattach that turret. For anyone who is listening on audio, uh, we have this little cat-sized tank that we bought, thinking uh, that both of the cats would love it, and, uh, you know, we actually bought it thinking that it would be cute for Nora uh, to be in, but Nora does not want any part of that tank. Ronan loves it, though. Ronan, um, he's not in it all the time, but he will jump in it from time to time, just uh, you know, to, to check it out, see what's going on. He'll hang out in there. Sometimes I'll just see him like jump out of it. And it looked like he was trying to get up there to, uh, climb in the tank. It's currently on top of some, uh, comic book boxes right now. Uh, but he just knocked the turret off. So yes, uh, buddy boy is in fact on the struggle bus. Oh, nice. I am at 69 followers apparently. So, um, Let me put my mug down so I can do the, you know, Wayne's World. Or not Wayne's World, uh, Bill and Ted. Wayne's World does a guitar riff, so I'm not... Yes. Yeah, the next goal is obviously 420 followers. And then if I can get uh, 6,904... or Sorry. Let's try that again. 69,420 followers then uh, we can have both comedy numbers. But yes, yeah, 420 will be the next goal. Because 420 is inherently funny. I suppose. it's kind of harsh. Let me me turn down this light a little bit. It's a little, little bright skis. There we go. That's a little bit better. Cool. Well, as I promised, uh, tonight, instead of talking to a guest, I was hoping to get John Hambone McGuire back on, because he's got a uh, Kickstarter campaign that is launching tomorrow, I believe, uh, for Rocket to Russia. It'll be the first adventure in a new system that he and a co-developer have created called 321 Action. It's a D10 system, from what I understand. Uh, you know, rules light, focused on storytelling, all that good stuff, uh, that a lot of people have been doing recently, uh, very much kind of the style that Stu and Hambone like in their games, I know they like some crunch too, but they've recently been all about kind of the storytelling stuff, so it's cool to see Hambone put something out like that, that's really awesome. And I would love to talk with him about it. Uh, he's a little bit busy right now, as you can imagine, launching a Kickstarter campaign, especially a first Kickstarter campaign. Um, so we'll have him on at some point. Uh, you know, whether it's in a few weeks or you know whether it's once all of this is behind him and uh, you know, campaign's over and we're looking forward to getting copies of that book. Uh, you know. He's welcome on the show whenever he wants to come on, so, you know, at some point we'll have Hambone back on to talk about Rocket to Russia and 3-2-1 action as a whole. Uh, So instead, tonight, this is kind of off of the back of things that have been happening in a Kickstarter campaign that I've been following for the better part of a year now. Um, Actually, probably right around a year Yep, Ronan had to get his mojo back. Uh, he definitely had to get his heat back after that. Uh, cause... He embarrassed himself on the internet, live, for all of you to see. And here. Mostly here, cause he was off camera. But yeah. Yep. That's... That's so Ronan. Anyway. Um... Part of this kind of rant, stream of consciousness, me talking about Kickstarter from a very uninformed perspective, uh, this is kind of in direct correlation to stuff that I've been experiencing as a consumer. This is all from a consumer's perspective, by the by. This is not from the perspective of someone who's done Kickstarter campaigns. I've talked to a great number of people who have done Kickstarter campaigns, And I'm sure they would have their own two cents to put in about this. I've had conversations similar to this with people, but tonight we're going to look at some of the Kickstarters that I've backed uh, just kind of over the past year. We're going to look at one in particular, uh, that being the Batman Oggs Kickstarter from IDW Games. Oh, I'm dropping frames. That's not good. Let's see, is it better now? Are we better now? Looks like the, uh... Looks like my internet connection's good. Wonder if moving changed any of my settings. Twitch, don't do me like that. All right, so uh, let's soldier bravely on and see if... uh, see if these problems get worked out uh, for those of you who are listening on audio you won't be uh, you won't be affected by this uh, YouTube people you probably won't be affected by this either because I'm recording it locally but let's keep her going and see kind of what's uh, what's what with these Kickstarter campaigns let's move on over to screen share here alrighty so yeah, just real quick off the bat, want to talk about a couple people who uh, you know have Kickstarters. Obviously, we just talked about three, two, one action, uh, rocket to Russia. So we'll be uh, you know like I said, I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on that. This is starting tomorrow, and uh, you know Hambone's a great guy. It's '80s action adventure uh something that I know Hambone is super jazzed about so yeah that that'll be that'll be cool another one I t- want to talk about we have uh, 19 days left on saving Chult by Avenger Satanus uh you know Avenger has this kind of interim Kickstarter campaign going before we get the third book in the uh, the Chult trilogy Avengers putting out As many of these uh, mini-adventures as the campaign will allow him to make. And, you know, you can take a look at the tiers here. Um, If you pledge, I believe... Let's see, what's the lowest level you can pledge? At $15 or more, you get all of the adventures in PDF, and you get the chalk books in PDF. If you pledge $65 or more, you can get all of the adventures, um, which again are uh, PDFs, and then you'll get the uh, Chult book or Fuchsia Malaise hardcovers, signed and numbered by Avenger. Um, Avenger's made these things sound awesome. If you want that uh, Fuchsia Malays thing, you need to jump on that, like, right now, because he's only got one copy left. You've only got three copies left on the uh, Chalt side of things, too. Uh, However, if you want to throw in $105 for what Venger's doing, uh, you'll get the Adventures and both hardcovers. 20 spots left, or sorry, 80 spots left, and I was completely mistaken about uh, those numbers. Um, there are 299 left on Fuchsia Malays and 97 left on uh, Chalt, So there's plenty of space there if you guys want to jump in on that. That's good to go. I read that wrong. My bad. But yeah, I mean, so far, if we go on down to the campaign, uh, we're just over 3,000 with this. Uh so, you know, you're looking at 3 adventures. Ultimately, uh you know, you, we if things go well and we get past that 7000 stretch, uh 7 adventures for $5. Like like venture says here, that's that is a bargain. That's a deal. That's a deal ski right there. All right. So, This is Saving Chult. Uh, You know, if you guys love Venger's crazy, wacky, out-there world, uh, definitely, definitely jump on this one. All right. So, let's get to the main event. I've talked about this thing endlessly on the show. This uh, IDW Games... Batman the Animated Series Augs game. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, within IDW Games, Augs is the Adventure's Universal Game System. It is a uh, miniature combat, uh, light role-playing game, uh, mostly built around scenarios. These Augs games are, uh, they're, they're all licensed properties. The first one was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That uh, Kickstarter is still being fulfilled currently, uh, just due to, you know, fulfillment happened right as the pandemic uh, was kind of at its worst. So there were a lot of issues with, uh, you know, fulfilling it, getting it out there. I think the UK had a terrible time with customs on it, uh, which is a risk something that we'll actually have to talk about here, uh, just as far as, you know, shipping and, you know, what the cost will be for your, uh, your backers as far as things go. But yeah, this is the, uh, Batman the Animated Series Adventures IDW Augs game, and this campaign has been a minor nightmare. Uh, I imagine, for the people at IDW. Maybe even a major nightmare just based on some of the nonsense they've had to put up with from AT&T and Warner Brothers who, you know, obviously they hold the license for Batman. They own Batman. They set the rules for what uh, you you have to do to make a licensed product for them. And Warner Brothers and AT&T are two of really historically the worst managed companies ever. Like, it's amazing that they're still in business sometimes, just the the sheer nonsense that they pull on people. Um, you know, HBO Max right now is kind of a prime example of this. It's, like, launching another streaming service... Uh, you know, doing all that. The way they're running DC Comics right now, they're just, like, slashing people left and right. Basically, DC Comics is going to end up being, like, I don't know, six books. Maybe ten, if if they're lucky. Um, it's it's mostly going to be, like, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Justice League, uh, Teen Titans... Harley Quinn will probably get her own book for whatever reason. And every, like all of your other favorite characters are just going to be like backup stories and occasionally they'll pop up in the background. Um, the, the way that they're running things is not great. And this has carried over into multiple different arenas. You know, DC movies have struggled historically. And it, it doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Now, some of the movies do look cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, as Loopy says in chat here, they fired their entire C-suite at uh, HBO because of how uh, HBO Max went when it first started. That's, yeah, that's what we're dealing with here. And they've done stuff like that multiple times. So, why do I harp so much on kind of the corporate uh, ins and outs and you know boardroom stuff at Warner Brothers and AT&T? They, or someone from their licensing department, I'm not going to pretend like it's the CEO pulling the strings on this Kickstarter campaign that 9,000 people backed... Like the the total at the end of the day for this was one point six million dollars. That's nothing for a company the size of AT and T. So this is like this is not crossing a CEO's desk or anything like this. This was this was a mark or a yeah a marketing and a licensing department uh, fiasco here. A lot of prefacing for here I'll just show you guys what we're looking at here. This campaign started in late January, early February of 2020. Maybe even uh like late December 2019. And it was supposed to be delivered in December of 2020. We still don't know when this thing is going to be delivered. We have no idea uh, when we'll be able to get our hands on this game. Now, anyone familiar with Kickstarter, you're already laughing at me. Um, And I, I know, and we're gonna talk about that. But the reason, the reason why this game is running behind, uh, with with really no indication of when it's going to happen. That is the problem that, that we're going to talk about here for a little bit right now. And I wanted to talk about this here because once this game shows up, I want to judge the game based on its own merits, based on the content of the box. So I want to get the drama out of the way here and use it to make a broader point about Kickstarter and consumer expectations around Kickstarter. So let's go to the updates because this is where I have to show you guys uh, just you know so, some of the uh, some of the stuff that's happened. So one thing I'll say just as a point about uh, presentation when it comes to something like this, especially in a miniatures game. I'll, I'll click on this just as an example. This is what, if you see right here, this is what the photos of the actual uh, you know, factory samples of the miniatures looked like. This is someone's kitchen table. And this is taken on a phone. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking pictures on a phone. People do it all the time now. Professionals do it all the time. I take all of my miniature pictures on a phone. I'm not saying that's the problem. The problem is it's from like a weird Dutch angle overhead. You can't see most of the model. It's not well zoomed in. And it's on someone's kitchen table. Um, When you're doing something like this, a light box for miniature photography is not that expensive. I've got one. It's, it's right back over there. I think it cost me 50 bucks. Now, it might be... Like, if you look online, you can find it for like $75. I think I got a deal on mine. But... In the grand scheme of things, a light box is not that expensive. And if you have a light box and, you know, lights which typically come in the set, and a phone, you can take decent pictures of a Mini uh, for a Kickstarter campaign. These are not decent pictures. These don't really show me anything. I mean, I can see some of them, but I want to look at the detail of the miniature. And this this is purely from a... Uh, a painter's perspective. I want to see how detailed this miniature is so I know, you know, what what's it going to take for me to paint this thing? What's it going to take for me to make this thing look as good as it possibly can look? And yes, as Elfie is saying in chat here, Ronan's favorite toy besides the tank is the light box. Every time I set it up, uh, he gets in it and he wants his picture taken. He's a very photogenic pony, and I love him. And I have almost as many pictures of him inside the box as I do of miniatures on my phone. But yeah, I mean, you look at here the uh, the crew from Make'em Laugh. You you can kinda see detail. You can't really see Pac-Rat's face. You definitely can't see Mighty Mom's face. Um Just put him in a light box. Put him in a light box and Take good quality photos. So that's a small point that I'll make there. You know, make sure there are good pictures of the product. If it's something physical like a miniature, if it's a book, it's a book. Uh, but if you're selling miniatures or you know anything like that, dice, good quality pictures of the physical product with good lighting, so that people can see the details. Because if you don't do that, people are going to think you're hiding something. So, here we are. This is the rulebook update, and I bring this up to show you guys... From the beginning of the campaign until two weeks before it was supposed to ship, this was the cover art for the game. I think it looks pretty cool. Now, if you want to nitpick some of the details here, uh, you know, like, Commissioner Gordon's hand looks really weird. And he has a riot shield for some reason. And Batman has tiny feet. Again, that's it's foreshortening. It's an art artistic technique. People have done it before. It's not like it's Rob Liefeld-level bad foreshortening. Uh, Joker's legs are a little bit long here. But again, nitpicks. For the most part, though, this is a pretty cool image, and it gives you a good idea of what you're in for. This is a game, this is a miniature combat game. This is a game where you will play as Batman and his allies to fight, you know, kind of the best of Batman's rogues gallery from Batman the Animated Series. It's the BTOS art style uh, with a couple slight changes, uh, just in like color palette and stuff like that. And it gives you a good sense of what this game is. You've got Catwoman fighting Penguin, Batman taking on Mr. Freeze and the Joker, Two-Face is taking on Commissioner Gordon and Batgirl, Robin's in the background. It's cool. It looks cool. However, this cover was not okay. If we go back to the updates... This update came in on December the 4th of 2020. Greetings Gothamites. While everything is progressing and we're thrilled with our final factory samples, a recent policy change with our licensor has resulted in the need for new box art and one final round of approval. The overall art style has been maintained, so you'll still enjoy the same nostalgic aesthetic you've come to know and love. However, this minor change, paired with the multitude of boxes included in this campaign and the upcoming holiday season, will mean a small delay in shipping. By small delay, they mean indefinite. Well, not indefinite, because the game is still coming out. Soon. So. Basically, the old cover art won't do. This is what they gave us instead. This was the new cover art. There are several things wrong with this. Uh, For anyone on audio, uh, I really do recommend watching this one on YouTube. Uh, I'll describe it here. It's a similar situation. Instead of being outside, for some reason they're in a warehouse. But, you know, it's Batman fighting the Joker. Two-Face and Mr. Freeze are tied up now. Harley Quinn is filing her nails like she did in the series. Man-Bat has been added to the cover. Despite it being indoors which is not really where Man-Bat thrives. Scarecrow is fear-gassing Commissioner Gordon, and his fear-gas looks like fart clouds. Riddler, who has baby buck teeth, is choke-holding Robin with his cane. Robin also has baby buck teeth. Penguin is brandishing an umbrella at him, and Catwoman has a derpy look on her face. And she's crawling over some boxes. Catwoman looks like she's all of 12 years old in the face. But you can also see her boobs and her ass. And then to really narrow in on the worst part of this whole thing, Batman. Oh, I don't even know how to describe this right. I mean. If you're watching this, you can see it. But Batman's triceps look like those guys who get the weird, uh, like cortisol injections or whatever it is. The the dudes who like basically pump themselves with fatty tissue to make their arms look big, instead of you know working out. Batman looks like that. His his arms look like or his arm that you can see looks like balloons. It's just ugly. And it's clearly a rush job. It's clearly you know something that they had to throw together at the last minute. It's not a good cover. It's too busy. And it's just awful. And the reason they did this, I'm going to switch over to a CBS article here, CBS News. Uh, This is related, this is from uh, June of 2020, June 11th, talking about the removal of guns from Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam in uh, the new Looney Tunes cartoons that are on the. Previously mentioned HBO Max. Leaving aside the irony, and you can see here—I'm not going to play the video—but uh, you can see here, even though Elmer, even though Elmer Fudd has had his rifle taken away, he is still trying to brutally murder Bugs Bunny with a scythe of all things, as if that's somehow better. Just because it's not a boomstick, I suppose. But all of this to say, you know, this has become kind of a running policy. HBO Max, or HBO, um, AT&T, Warner Brothers have decided that when it comes to their uh, licensed properties that they view as targeted at children despite the fact that this is a Kickstarter game uh, that I'm pretty sure is going to end up retailing for somewhere in the neighborhood of $50 to $60 for a miniature skirmish game. Because it's done in a cartoony style, a cartoon from almost 30 years ago, by the way. Um, Because it is a cartoon style... This is a kid's product, and therefore, uh, they can't have guns on the cover. So, Mr. Freeze's freeze gun that shoots ice was a problem. Joker's toy gun that shoots flags was a problem. And, you know, Two-Face had a Tommy gun. Which, of the three, you know, if you're gonna be like, well, okay, that's a realistic firearm... Despite the fact that it's, you know, it's a cartoon Thompson. That is, um... Oh, is this a government thing? I did not, like, I, I didn't know this was a government thing, Loopy. What's what's going on there? I thought this was just, like, their internal policy. What's what's the deal as far as... Or is the government saying you can't put guns in your children's shows? Cause that's, that's even stupider. Oh my God. People, it's a cartoon show. And this is, uh... Oh my God, no. Oh, I... Lupi, I'm glad you're here. This is adding a whole new dimension to it. Uh, government, stay out of media. Quit it. You don't need to be involved in every I'm 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 going to not go down the 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 anarchist rabbit hole that I'm tempted to go down with that. Suffice it to say that's dumb. You know, if if this is a if this is related to government regulations, that's even stupider. But this product, which is not for kids, I don't know, like, if they have an age restriction on here. I'll take a look, see if there's, like, a blow-up of the box. I'm pretty sure games like this are intended for, like, 14 and older, usually. Somewhere there's a picture of the side of the box, like a big picture. But like this isn't this isn't for kids. Not not really. I can see a thing on there. Like I can see there's a, there's a birthday cake on the side of the box there. But I can't see like what age it's recommended for. I'm going to keep scrolling until I can see like a better picture of the side of the box. like this this isn't this isn't for kids games like this are, kids don't play games like this kids kids don't really play games anymore if you've if you've noticed kids are all about the ipad and uh, and youtube and stuff like that i sound like an old man i always sound like an old man though so there's that but yeah This is a Kickstarter product, uh, which Kickstarter, you can't back anything on Kickstarter unless you're 18 or older. Um, I mean, in in the interest of disclosure here, I paid $225 for this thing last year, um, which gets me everything. So that's why I paid $225 for it. If I waited until it was all released, I just got the core set, it would probably cost more. Oh, here it is, here it is. Ages 14 plus. It is a uh, one to five player game, 60 to 90 minutes, ages 14 plus. Surely a 14 year old is allowed to see a gun on the cover of a game. I mean, they can buy T-rated games. Like, T-rated video games, those have guns. Right now, at least. I don't know. It's dumb. Is what I'm trying to say. And it caused a massive delay. Uh, By the way, it, it doesn't affect anything inside the box. It's just the cover. It's just the cover. They're bent out of shape over. I was afraid they were gonna, like, take guns away from the models and stuff, which... Like, Mr. Freeze without his freeze gun is not Mr. Freeze. Uh, you know, Joker needs his revolver with a flag. I guess you could do, like, playing cards, like they have there. But some of these characters need their weapons. Commissioner Gordon, you know, the, the GCPD officers, they they need their revolvers. You gotta have the dudes with the Tommy guns, because it's, it's Batman the Animated Series. But, anyway, I'm already spending too much time on this one subject. What they did was they went dark for just a long time. They were like, we're going to have an update. If I went into the comments, I could show you. Just every week, people were like, you know, when are we going to have an update on what the cover is going to look like? And every week, it was just, you know, we're working on it. We should have something for you in the next update. Next update comes nothing. And they even, like, addressed it a couple times. But, finally, last week, after everyone said that new art sucks, can't you just... If, if you can't use the original cover just to get us the game, and I, I was among the people saying, you know, just write Batman on a white box and send it to me, but people were saying if you can't do that if you can't use the original art at all uh just put the logo from the show on the cover and do it that way it's iconic it you know it's indicative of the series people know that logo they associate it with batman the animated series it's simple it's not going to be anything that people can object to just do that and finally they did it this is the new cover It is minimalist. It's a little simplistic. It's not original. Uh, Like, again, that's the image that so many people associate with Batman the Animated Series. That's that's the logo. It's like slapping just the Coca-Cola logo on a box. But it got approved. It's a cover. It's a cover they can use. And so now, hopefully... We can get the game. However, we now run into the issue because the manufacturing of these boxes and these games is in China, we are running up against Chinese New Year, which is going to add a further two-week delay to the process. So instead of having this worked out before a major holiday, which is really going to shut down the entire production, um, whoever it was, their liaison with Warner Brothers... Who was just kept pushing back and pushing back, or was ignoring them, or wasn't you know getting everything approved in a timely fashion? Essentially holding nine thousand people hostage, not actually holding them hostage, but you know their money hostage. We have all paid for this thing now. Uh, they collected our money back in like September. Maybe even August. So I've paid for this thing. They've got my money. I'd like my game now. But, anyway. All of that over this. Now hopefully we can get this thing by April. I'm hoping. So, now that the old man yelling at Cloud slash, uh... Man complaining that he didn't get his toys on time by Christmas. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about some of the lessons that we can learn from this on the consumer side. And some of the lessons that people who make these Kickstarters can learn. Because while people were complaining about the delays in chat there was a consistent refrain, or not chat, the in the comments, there was a consistent refrain that I kept hearing over and over and over. Kickstarter games are always late. And I'm sure some of you have been yelling this at me this entire time. Kickstarter games are always late. You can't anticipate everything. I know that. Sometimes there are just things that are out of your control that, uh, you know, you, you just can't help it. There will be delays in the process. Uh, you know, someone will get sick or, you know, so there, there'll be a printing error or something needs another look, another run through, uh, you know, revisions, that kind of stuff. So, yes, Kickstarter games are always late few weeks late, a month late, that's fine. We're looking at several months late here. And in the case of a lot of Kickstarters, we're looking at a year or more late a lot of times. And I know, you know, this this might sound callous, especially to those of you who, uh, you know, have Kickstarters chronic lateness isn't really okay i like as a consumer i i'm not cool with people who just you know throw up their hands and go eh it's late deal with it now let me give you an example of a project that's also late but has done really, really well explaining why they're late and, you know, being communicative and being uplifting with their messaging here. Deadlands. This was supposed to be out, uh, it was scheduled to be out in November. Uh, I thought that I would have this uh, to review at the end of the year. Uh, we are looking at this game showing up sometime this month. Uh, hopefully in the next couple weeks, because I, again, I've done a review of the system itself, uh, because the PDFs are already available, but I want to unbox this thing on the show and, and show you guys what all we have here. And do a whole, uh, and Dragons episode on Deadlands, but... Consistently, all the way back, if we go through the updates, um, all the way back in August of 2020, um, Pinnacle told us that, you know, just due to issues with, uh, with printing. Issues with, uh, you know, related to shutdowns, uh, related to the pandemic, they were not expecting to uh, get physical products until the end of January. Uh, So they've got them now, I imagine. Uh, Just waiting for everything to come in so that they can begin shipping there. You know, that takes a little bit to get together. But this was in August. August. Like, months before we expected the game, they let us know. Uh, you know, they kept us in the loop. And it does really seem like uh, Warner Brothers kind of blindsided IDW with that. Although a couple of their clarifications in uh, in the comments said that they had an inkling that this would happen. They, you know, figured it might become an issue that they might have to might have to fight Warner Brothers on it so there was no warning from there's there's no warning from IDW or Warner Brothers on that campaign about you know what was going to happen there Pinnacle gave us a warning Pinnacle told us you know hey guys here's the situation it's out of our hands here's the new update, this is what we're looking at. If your game is going to be late, unless you know you absolutely don't find out until the last minute, this is how you should do it. You have to be transparent with people. You have to let people know what's going on with the product. That they're looking for and all over kickstarter you can see you know kickstarter is not a store that's true that that won't change this is crowdfunding it's not you know this isn't a consumer platform you can't go on a kickstarter campaign and expect something to show up in the next two days that's not really possible unless you're doing the campaign like knights and nerds did a while back It about it. was almost two years ago. I think it'll be two years ago in uh, like April or May. They did that campaign. All of their stuff was like virtual, um, digital offerings, stuff like that. You know, they they turned that around in a couple weeks time. But you know, for the most part, you're not going to get something tomorrow on Kickstarter. In fact, it's very rare that you will. It's not a store. But the people who back these Kickstarters are investors. These are people who believe in the idea. They believe that they are going to get this product. And they are pledging money to help you uh, figure this out. And to cover the costs of production. And in a lot of cases, that's what they're doing. Even on like larger companies. Um, you're covering the cost of production. You know, like, I backed a comic from Boom Studios. They have production infrastructure, uh, but, you know, with comics not being as big a market now, uh, you know, due to kind of the shutdowns, uh, you know, making comic book stores inaccessible, uh, which is a majority of comic sales, that's where they come from, you know, that that caused some problems in the comic book industry. This year, it was already teetering on the edge of collapse in many ways, but that's neither here nor there Uh, different. That's a different conversation for a completely different show uh, that I don't have. But. You know. the, The people who back these things, they deserve to know what's going on. We, as the consumer, deserve to know what's going on. So if you're not transparent with the issues that your campaign is having, uh, you you don't have to get into specifics or minutia. Just say, hey, these are the types of things that I'm running into. These are some of the issues that I'm having. Um, There's going to be a delay. And people will understand. If you approach them in good faith... If you are honest and transparent with them, that is how you can get away with your game being late. And get away with is not, probably not the right term there. That's an understandable delay. That's the difference between what happened with Deadlands and what happened with batman ogs and honestly you know this might seem like a no-brainer to some people but you really do need to have that transparency and you really need to you know understand that you know there, there are people out there who might be expecting you to be on time in fact you know you the expectation should be that you can deliver this in in the time frame that you've given, and that's the next piece of advice. Um, you know, obviously, Pinnacle they're they're professionals. I imagine they're very good on on time frames for other campaigns. I've not this is the first Pinnacle campaign I've backed. Kickstarter was kind of a new phenomenon for me in 2020, but yeah. Yeah, Loopy brings this up in chat. There, there are people who, you know, have had their Kickstarters, and then, you know, they take the money and run, basically. And, and that's, again, you know, this is a thing that's been around for about 10 years now, maybe a little bit more, probably more like 14, maybe as much as 15. I don't know if... don't know if it's been that long, but, you know, it's, it's still a fairly recent phenomenon. And there are people who, you know do their Kickstarter campaigns, and they deliver a product. It's not the product that was promised. It's not even close. You know, it's it's missing things that they promised. It's, you know, light on the features that maybe even were unlocked in stretch goals, and it's just not what, uh, what people are looking for. One of the kind of greatest debacles of Kickstarter... Uh, I don't know if it's Kickstarter or or Patreon, it's crowdfunding, but Star Citizen in the the gaming world. Star Citizen, through pre-sales and uh, crowdfunding and stuff like that, they've raised millions of dollars. Something in the neighborhood of like $15 million. And... There hasn't been a decent update on the status of Star Citizen in a couple of years, I think. It's a joke at this point amongst gamers. Like, you know, Star Citizen's never coming out, that kind of stuff. It's it's the new kind of Duke Nukem Forever. And that's... I mean... Unfortunately, that's become common on uh, crowdfunding. That's why you need to, uh, yeah, advice for consumers, make sure that the people uh, whose campaigns you're backing are reputable. That's like, I mostly only back campaigns from companies that I recognize or uh, people that I've had personal conversations with, which is why I love this show. Because I get to talk to people. If a campaign looks cool, I can bring someone on the show and, uh, you know, talk with them about their campaign and provide a service not just for myself, but for those of you who listen. To let you know that, you know, guys like Spencer Campbell, uh, you know, Nevin Holmes, Levi Combs, uh, Shane Hensley from Pinnacle... Avenger uh, Satanus these are these are people you can trust these are people who put out their products you know they're they're good quality uh top of the line and uh, you know hambone hambone is a great dude uh, I'm sure his campaign will be fantastic it's his first one but you know i I've got high expectations for it because I know you know he He's he's got good character. He he's not gonna. He he's not going to lie to people about the status of you know what's going on or anything like that. Yeah, you know, he's gonna be honest. He's gonna be up front. He's always been that way with me, a guy he barely knows, a guy he's really only talked to over the internet, never met him in person. But he's an honest, decent guy, so you can trust him. Um. But, you know, that's where that policy comes from. I want to know that I can trust people. And, you know what, if I see something that looks interesting, I will usually reach out to them and see if they'll come on Rolling Bones uh, before I uh, toss them some money. So, yeah. You want to make sure, as a consumer, that you can trust people. You know, if they've got multiple projects... Uh, that have you know been successfully funded and stuff like that, that's a good sign you know Th- those are people you can trust. Um, if it's a if it's a company uh, who typically like funds their games through Kickstarter, but then they release them physically and stuff like that. like IDW does for the most part you can trust IDW games. i've I've had nothing but good experiences with their team. Uh, they've been very, very cool to me personally. Um, the guy who runs or wh- whoever it is that runs their Instagram uh, and their Twitter, uh, they have been awesome to me. I painted some figures from uh, Batman, the animated series Gotham City Under Siege, uh, which is the first B-toss game they put out. I painted the miniatures that came with that and uh, they shared it on their page. Uh, which I was not expecting. I I didn't, you know, I looked at them. I thought they looked cool when I painted them. I did them comic style. Uh, thank you, Mike. But, you know, I didn't think that they'd be worthy of putting out on an official social media account. But they did that. And, you know, they, they were gushing over them the whole time. Which I thought was cool. I love it when people love my work. So they're good, decent people. I believe that they were railroaded by some nonsense at Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers is known to railroad people with nonsense. But you you do, as someone running a Kickstarter campaign, need to be transparent and honest with people and let them know what's going on, be in constant contact, and make sure... You know, while we're on the subject of of honesty and openness here, with uh, these Kickstarter campaigns, it's better to say we're working on it or we don't know or something like that than to, you know, give false information. And there was a lot of clarification in the comments of we don't know, we'll, you know, we'll... we'll We're working on it, we'll get back to you. But there was also a lot of, we'll have something in the next update. Or the next update will be out tomorrow, and it wouldn't be out. Or, you know, the next update came out and there wasn't any information. Don't write checks that your body can't cash. Don't, you know, to to paraphrase Top Gun there. Don't make promises like that. Don't make promises you can't keep is, is kind of the number one rule of a Kickstarter campaign. Don't promise more than you can offer. And there's been a lot of that in the history of Kickstarter. And you know, now that we're looking at 10 plus years of Kickstarter... It's time to stop that. It's it's time to, you know, take a little bit of ownership of what you're doing on here because there you know, this is a nexus of RPGs. Uh, so much of the modern RPG community and so much of kind of the broad world outside of your major RPGs Um Really everything besides Paizo and Wizards of the Coast to some degree begins life on Kickstarter or goes through Kickstarter. That's how these great games are made. Things that, you know, win any awards, things that people rave about on podcasts, uh, you know, things that I talk to guests about on the show a lot of it comes through this junction point. So this, you know, this platform has been huge for gaming and you know, I'm grateful for that. So many great games have come through here. We can do things better though. We can we can use this tool more effectively and more ethically. Um we can be a little bit more honest with the consumers with the backers the the investors in your idea so what it comes down to here uh, just to you know really drive home these points don't overpromise be transparent don't promise things that you or don't don't promise information when you don't have information don't give false information just to give an update always be transparent with you know delays do what you can to make the delays more palatable have content in and around the campaign. You know, of course I'm going to toot my own horn here, but you know, I'm I'm always down to have people on who are doing cool campaigns. So, you know, doing shows like this where you can, you know, have a conversation about your game. Talk about the product. Um show good quality pictures of physical merchandise. Uh, Good lighting, make sure the detail is, you know, front and center. Light boxes are not that expensive, Um, especially if you're you're doing miniatures. I imagine, I I don't know if there are many Kickstarters related to jewelry, but if there are, that's probably another big one where you want uh, good quality pictures. I don't know if anyone uses Kickstarter for that, but, you know... Always have good visuals of what things are going to look like. That's another thing they did well here. Uh, Even though... You know, like, you've got people talking about... This is a different campaign, but... You know, you can see some of the stuff that people are going through... um, in this campaign, you know, here, here's the Deadlands um, manual. And that's not a great picture, but that was also a screen capture from a live stream. They have, you know, pictures of stuff like that. This is a good picture of the Marshall's badge, which is something I'm super excited about. You uh, you bet. I will be wearing that badge every single time I GM Deadlands. That Marshall's badge is, that's pretty sweet. I do wish, uh, I wish that what Shane and I had talked about with the Marshall's badge where the hole would be right in the middle so that you, you got shot and then were harrowed. That would be, I I think that's cool. I like, I do like that there's a bullet hole in it where, you know, as Shane said, you could survive. But yeah, just, you know, have, have good quality pictures of the physical merchandise. And, uh, you know, one thing, if I, if I can circle back to the Batman Kickstarter, one thing that IDW did well in the campaign, uh, despite all of the issues with it, one thing that I really do need to applaud them on now that we're here, and I've I've kind of kind of said all the bad things I can say about them, uh, or or about how they ran this campaign. They were very good about taking community feedback and replying to every message, no matter how vitriolic, no matter how uh, upset. If it was someone saying, "I'm canceling my pledge." Um, it just gripes, moans, me saying you need to take better pictures. There were people telling me to stop whining when I said that. Those people were probably right. But still, I think, I think I have a point there. IDW responded to me, and they responded to everyone. They made sure, uh, and, and, you know, they said, it. it it's one guy, or, or one, one person Running uh, the the Kickstarter page, replying to everyone while they're upset. Now Pete would Pete Walsh would pop in uh, every now and then to uh, like give an update. Yeah, he was painting the figures and stuff like that. Pete Pete Walsh was the game designer or is the game designer. Love to have him on the show at some point. Uh, you know, once once the thing releases, I think I want to bring Pete on to uh, to discuss it but they, they always responded and they were always taking community feedback and it was community feedback that got us a better cover than what we were looking down the barrel of getting did it potentially take a little bit longer as far as uh, you know getting approval was concerned yeah definitely it definitely took a little bit longer um longer than i would have liked that that's for sure. I wanted that game in December. If they had to send it to me in a cardboard box or like a plastic bag, yeah, you know, that because because I want I want the miniatures, and I want to paint the miniatures. That's that's what I want. But they took community feedback and ultimately gave us a better cover. Uh, One that I won't have to then hold up to the camera when it shows up and say this cover sucks because I'll say you know This cover is iconic. This is a great image. Maybe a little bland. Uh, I would have liked the original cover a little bit better, but It works It gives the right message. It's something that you know will look cool on a shelf Even though You know looking cool on a shelf is one thing I care more it, that's it's a weird thing with with board games. I know the first bite is with the eyes, uh, not the nose. In this case, Elfie, uh, the first bite is with the nose. Is for uh, that's for T. But you know, I, I understand that you want a cover that's going to pop out to people on a store shelf. That I understand. But for me, you know, like once I buy a game. What the box looks like on my shelf doesn't really matter. Because ultimately, if it's a good game, I'm going to take it off my shelf. I'm going to take that cover off, stick it on the bottom of the box where no one can see it, and pull stuff out of it to play the game. And no, Elfie, I I don't like the... uh, It's some kind of rice tea. It's like roasted rice or something like that. I, I don't like it. It's not good. with so much tea it's all about like the smell because tea itself yeah roasted rice green tea not a fan tea has flavor but it's kind of subtle flavor and a lot of the flavor that you pick up on comes from the aromas that you get um so if i don't like the way a tea smells i'm definitely not gonna like the way it tastes I think that's true for a lot of things that you eat. Air conditioner just came on. That's fun. Hopefully you guys can't hear that too loudly, but if you can, I apologize. Anyway. Yeah, that's... um... Wow, I've been dropping frames like a monkey. Wow. Yeah, I need to play around with my settings. Uh, <laughs> once we jump off here, just to see what's going on. Uh, fortunately, I'm not playing a video game right now, so dropping frames isn't that bad of a situation for me. This is a talk show. Um, but yeah, that's that's really all I had to say here. Um, pat on the black, pat on the back to Pinnacle, um, Jody and Clint Black, Shane Hensley, everyone on the Pinnacle team. You guys have been doing great. Um, you know, honestly, uh, Levi Combs does great with his stuff, and once again. Uh, I'm going to go down here and and just say while certain things could have been handled better and while I'm disappointed ultimately that, you know, things weren't handled better, uh, IDW, you guys have been great as far as communication. Again, certain things could have been better, but, you know, just being there for the community... It's a great job, game looks great, and I'm still looking forward to getting it. I'm, you know, I'm, I understand the situation was beyond your control. Licensed properties, it can be that way. Uh, Warner Brothers giveth and Warner Brothers taketh away. But yeah, that's, that's really all I wanted to say about this. You know, the, there are things that Kickstarter does well and things that it doesn't do well. Ultimately, it's, it's really been a boon to the gaming community, and I'm glad that we have it. But at the end of the day, improvements can be made, and I want to make sure that those improvements get made. I want to make sure that you know people here from a consumer, someone who's not run a campaign but someone who's backed some, what we like, or what I like at least, and I hope it's reflective of what other people like too, what we as consumers like, what we don't like, what we expect from updates, uh, what kind of information we need. And you know, hopefully with all of that, you can make your campaigns better and make sure your timelines are realistic and you know, make sure that we can cut down on the number of seriously late, seriously delayed Kickstarter games. Cause no one likes a delay. Especially not the people making the game. So if there's something that we can do to mitigate that, I'm all in favor of it. If, you know, we as consumers need to adjust our expectations, I I'm willing to hear that. I, I think most people now come into Kickstarter with the right expectations. We know that you know, what we're supporting might not end up looking like it does now. There might be changes along the way. Things might have to uh, shift based on certain factors that are beyond everyone's control. But ultimately, we just need to be better about this. Uh, you know, it, we, companies need to run these uh Run these campaigns better. And that's that's really all there is to it. Um, transparency, honesty, and uh, not providing false information. That's really all that I ask for. So, um, guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, we're going to work out some of the issues that I've had with the stream. Uh, tonight, new internet, supposedly better internet, uh, so we'll we'll see about that. I am on Wi-Fi, I'm not wired right now, which is probably the problem. Um, but yeah, thanks for powering through with me here, uh, I appreciate it. And this Saturday, we are going to be talking about a, uh, a more positive topic, uh, something that I definitely have a little bit more experience with, uh, something that I can probably speak more intelligently about starting campaigns and uh, the philosophy that you should go into or can go into when it comes to beginning a brand new campaign uh, I love thinking about stuff like this talking about stuff like this I've got several ideas several different schools of thought I'm gonna you know try to get these thoughts synthesized do something with notes so that I'm a little bit more uh, prepared, I wanted to have notes for this conversation, too, but, you know, work was murder on me today, and I've been moving all weekend, so, you know, there's that. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this Saturday on Danishes and Dragons, uh, how to start a campaign for any RPG. Uh, So until then, whether you rolled a 1 or a 20, I'm so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard, and I'll see you next time.